Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to A Sound Heart Radio. We want to give God thanks for this day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad therein. Uh, I want you to note that every day uh, that you and I experience and if the Lord calls us uh, home before they're snatching out of the church, uh, we will be with him. Paul wrote, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Every day uh, that we experience in the cosmic system and those days that will come after us are all within the divine decree. Nothing happens, nothing exists outside of the divine decree. The the divine decree of God is eternal. There is nothing prior to the divine decree, and there is nothing after the decree or the decrees of God. The cosmic system is a finite, virulent, demonic system that Jesus is going to dissolve himself. It is he who opens uh, the seals of the sacred scroll that begins the tribulation. He opens the seals that starts a tribulation. He orchestrates the tribulation events themselves, and he will end the tribulation. The tribulation when he comes again, to uh, and we will come with him, and he's going to rule. The cosmos with cosmos with a rod of iron. We will co-reign with him. So I want you to think about the divine decrees because there are many things going on today that uh, would create fear and anxiety within the hearts of believers. Uh, please keep your protracted gaze upon the person of Jesus. Now, he himself has said, in this world we will be in tight places, or within this cosmos we will be in tight places. And he has given us his own peace. So we have the peace of Jesus to guide our hearts and to, and to provide stability for us in unstable times. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you for this day. We ask to be guided by your Holy Spirit as we study your word. We do thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we go to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1, I want to read to you from uh, the Gospel of Matthew. I want to read from Matthew chapter 7, 
verses 24 through 27. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. These are the words of Jesus himself. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon the rock, not a rock, the rock. And the rain descended, like in Kentucky, unfortunately. Please uh, pray for those saints. There's also flooding in Las Vegas. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew. And really that word blue means to breathe. So it's, it's really very, uh, very picturesque term. And beat, it should read, beat violently upon that house or to violently rush upon. And it fell not. And so here at the, we have an absolute negation. Uh, this house lasted. This house stood because of the word. For it was founded upon the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, note, note the, the, the profound responsibility. And note the accountability. Uh, one cannot dismiss the words of Jesus without dire consequence. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a moron man or a moronic man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat violently upon that house, and it crashed. It crashed. Aorist indicative active. It crashed. And great was the fall of it, and great was the crash of it. Now, Samuel lived in a day of apostasy. Yahweh's light was not common. Samuel, and his name means ask of God, Samuel was Yahweh's light in a time of spiritual rot. Now, uh, the word light is never modified in the scripture uh, with anything like little light or meager light or dim light or uh, vanishing light. Never. You never have any such a modifier before uh, this very important word. So, Hafna and Phineas were the sons of Eli the priest. Eli was a was a was the priest, the high priest, and he was also a theologian. Uh, and so were his sons. They were they too were theologians. They were they were wicked theologians.
and Samuel had uh, Samuel was a very carnal uh, priest, and he allowed carnality to exist in his home. He allowed his sons, uh, who were called sons of Belial, uh, to perform wicked acts with the women uh, at the uh, at the tabernacle, and also with regard to the offerings. They were wicked. So, and on the other hand, you have this very powerful and wonderful family. You have Alcana and his beautiful wife, and uh, her name was Hannah. And Hannah's, her name is Grace. And Elkanah, her husband, his name means God has created. So I want you to note the contrast between these two homes. Elkanah and Hannah had a godly home. Elkanah had two wives, Penina and Hannah. And Penina uh, had children and Hannah had none. And so uh, Penina used this reality to gall Hannah. She was envious of Hannah because Penina knew that Elkanah loved Hannah. So in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1, verse 1, we read, There was a certain man from Raphaim, a Sufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Now, I want you uh, to know the family composition and what this home is like. So, then, and uh, uh, please note the name Ephraim means doubly fruitful, doubly fruitful, or I shall be doubly fruitful. Now, I want you to think about and meditate upon this word Ephraim. He was from the hill uh, country of Ephraim. And think about your own life. And think about God's work in your life. Can you say, or uh, I am from work? From Ephraim, that is, I shall be doubly fruitful. If you think about the word of God uh, and you, you allow the word of God to penetrate through your defenses and through your excuses and through uh, the lies that we have been sold through this fake uh, culture, when, and you allow the word of God to come in. And note, James calls the word the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. What does that mean? Think about the culture, the fake culture. Think about the fraud uh, and, and the frauds amongst whom we live. 
And think about Ephraim. Ephraim. So this was a godly home. Eli had an ungodly home. And I want you to note the contrast. I want you to note Elkanah's attitude. And then when we get to Eli, I want you to note his attitude. Eli was religious, but it was empty formalism. His religion was empty formalism. So let me go on. Verse 3, quote, year after year, notice the consistency. Notice the stability. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. So this is a very this is this information is very important for us. He went to worship at Shiloh where Hophna and Phineas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Now we're going to note some very negative things about these two individuals. And note what the, what the writer has for us, the information is provided for us about these two individuals. They were priests of the Lord. Note what we hear about the character of Elkanah year after year, year after year. This man went up, and I love the language, I love the verb, went up from his town to worship and sacrifice. This was a godly man. This was a godly home. And because he was devoted to the Lord in this manner, his home had the what? The foundation, that is that rock that Jesus speaks about in Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verses 24 through 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon the rock. Elkanah is the wise man. So, verse 4 of 1 Samuel 1. Quote, whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. So Penina was very prolific with children. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion. Don't you know Penina knew this? She saw this. She observed this. She carefully uh, observed why her husband did this. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. So, Hannah is a godly woman. Her husband loves her. But in the divine decree at this time, 
her womb was closed. She could not have children. And so Penina used this reality against Hannah in her short-sightedness uh, she used this reality in order to do what? To hurt or to provoke, literally, to provoke to anger. And so verse 7 we read, uh, this went on year after year. So verse 3, year after year, Elkanah goes, what, from his town to sacrifice to the Lord Almighty, uh, to worship and sacrifice. And then in the beginning of verse 7, we read what? This went on year after year. And so uh, God did not remove Penina from Hannah's life. Just like God did not remove Saul from David's life. But this was only for a period of time. God let Jacob be under his uncle Laban's tutelage for a certain period of time. When it was time for him to leave, a situation developed with Uncle Laban's son, and uh, Jacob, and God was getting ready to move him out. But he was there for a long time. Why does God do this? Why did God allow Joseph to be stuck or in that prison in Egypt, in that roundhouse, for uh, that period of time? These people came from godly homes. And God, when uses their use their unique situation in order to do what to shape them as the potter shapes his clay. God knows what unique reality He is seeking to uh, fashion within that heart. God knows what He is doing. And so God is using Penina to bless Hannah. Well, Josiah, that's reaching for it. I don't see in the text where Hannah believes that Penina is a blessing in her life. Read very carefully. Now, when we think about the immediate situation, no, it's not there. But when I think about Saul and David, I I realize that God used Saul to slay the Saul that was in David's heart. Now, Hannah is in a unique position. She is not rejected by her husband. In fact, he gave her a double portion of the sacrifice because he loved her. But the Lord had closed her womb. 
Now, and Penina is going to use this reality to attempt to bludgeon her. Year after year, this went on. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, now notice what we note about both Elkanah, in verse 3, year after year, Elkanah went up. In verse 7, uh, we read, this went on year after year, whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord. Now, these are, these, this is a godly couple. They are not without their problems. No one said that their home was uh, perfect. We said that their home is godly. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. So you see what Penina wanted to do? And what she practiced and what she did to godly Hannah, whenever Hannah went up to worship, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Why? Because she wanted to keep her in this estate. And it is really amazing that through all of this, I'm never going to read where Hannah developed mental attitude sin toward Penina. Had that happened, Hannah would have been defeated in her heart. So, verse 8, Alcana, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, Why are you crying? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 cents? I'm not sure as to how much Elkanah knew about what was going on in his home in this area. We're not given a lot of information about that. But I want you to see uh, the pattern, the behavioral patterns, the parallel behavioral patterns that were going on in this godly home, in this home of believers. There are a parallel of behaviors and attitudes. So, verse 9, once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. I love this. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Verse 10, in bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. So uh, this word bitterness here, the root is mar, for mara. And it means uh, to drop or flowing down. And and we read, in bitterness of soul, she wept much and prayed to the Lord. So uh, this was a prayer of grief. Uh, This was a prayer of, and grief has to do with loss. And so this was a prayer of grief on the heart of Hannah. Her heart was filled with grief. 
And she took her situation to the Lord. Note, she stood up. And she went and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow. A vow is a legal commitment to to execute or to do something. And she made a vow. So you see the character of the charismatic character of this woman. She she is deep. She is profound. She made a vow saying, Oh Lord Almighty, if and then later on we read then. And so this this is and this is the basis of Old Testament law. If then. If you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then, so we have the if-then formula, I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor, he will be a Nazarite, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Nazarite from the root nature. Our Lord Jesus, uh, this root has to do with him, uh, with, with him also. And as she kept on praying to the Lord, no, she kept on what? She kept on knocking, seeking, and asking. Verse 12, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Now, notice where his attention was directed. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. She was really hurt. And Eli thought she was drunk. So this is Eli's preemptive diagnosis of this situation. And it's really interesting to me and he was able to turn his uh, keen uh, observation upon Hannah's situation. And without talking to her, he was able to conclude she was drunk. And so from his preemptive diagnosis, his assumption about what was going on. This is what he says to her. How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Now, I want you to really think about his words and why I entitled this message Samuel was Yahweh's light in a time of spiritual rot. The high priest, as goes the uh, priest, as, so go the people. This is for Samuel 3, 1. Quote, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not 
many visions. God knew Hannah's heart. Listen, if you think your friends or people in authority are going to be at all sensitive about your suffering, listen, you're kidding yourself. There may be some people who will be who will be sensitive to your sensitive to your suffering, but don't count on it. Understand that there are people who celebrate when you're hurt. I don't like saying that, but oftentimes people love your suffering, and it is an aspect of the of the sinful human heart that people don't like to discuss, but we should discuss it. How long will you keep on getting drunk? Someone ever accuse you of something or of some sin or something going on in your life and they uh, they preemptively come to you in this manner? If you live long enough, it's going to happen. So this is what Hannah says in verse 15. Not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. Now, this is very interesting. She uses this word wicked woman. And uh it means to be a person of worthlessness. Now, God will call Eli's sons sons of worthlessness. Hannah is prophetic. She is prophetic. She is a woman of deep spiritual conviction. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Uh, look, look at her heart. In other words, change your attitude toward me and my situation and my circumstances. We can't cast judgment upon people, and we don't really, we haven't walked in their shoes. We don't know the reality of their situation. We don't know what they're experiencing. But but you want to diagnose, and you want to issue your prescription, and uh, and say, hey, you know, you go, you go ahead and do this. You'll be all right. And she says to uh, him, may your servant find favor in your eyes. That is, Change, uh, change your attitude toward me. And she went her way. And notice, she brought before the Lord what was on her heart, and she left it with him. And here was her turning point, where we read, Hannah stood up. That was her turning point. Verse 9. 
Hannah stood up. Then she went her way home. She went her way, ate something she had been unable to eat, her depression, and her face was no longer cast down. I love these words. Her face was no longer cast down. And so uh, it, it literally reads, and her face was the same face no more to her. Why? Why not? Once again, and her face was the same was the same face to her no more. Why not? What a change she had given it to the Lord. She had given everything to him. And notice, her prayer was not to have God remove her enemy from her life. Her prayer was not, Lord, do something to my enemy because this is what my enemy is doing to me. She was a godly woman. She was not selfish or self-centered. She asked for a son. So you see what was primary in her life. Verse 19, early the next morning they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. This was a godly family. This was a godly husband and a godly wife. They got up early, and verse, and then when they went home, we read what? Akana knew his wife had changed. His wife knew that she had changed. Elkana lay with his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah considered and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. This is beautiful. Therefore, whosoever hears these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon the rock. What are you facing right now? What are you facing today? What's going on with you that you need to bring before the Lord? When the man Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. She's going to complete uh, what she promised God. And God knew that he could depend upon her word. She knew in her heart that God was dependable, and God knew in his heart that Hannah was dependable. 
So God used this situation with Penina to do what? To build within Hannah what he wanted. And she became his chosen vessel. It is beautiful. Verse 23, Elkanah says to his wife, do what, do what seems best to you. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. So she spent that time with him, developing within his heart her love for him, his father's love for him and uh, stabilizing his heart with wonderful memories about who his parents are and were and how he would be given to the Lord. And so he had those significant relationships, early relationships in his, in his life with his father and his mother. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an bath of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, this is a, his mother's speaking his words into his heart because he trusted her. She said, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here. She, the, uh, uh, Hannah is speaking to the Lord. As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord, speaking to Eli. I prayed for this, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. This is Samuel's wonderful mother. And we see her beautiful heart and work in his life. No one, no one, people may attempt to downgrade uh, the hard work of mothers and what a real mother is. Or in their silliness, they will say, well, we can't define what a woman is. Here's a mother. All people want to eradicate and get rid of mothers and they want to create babies raised in plastic uh, wounds. But look what the Lord has made. Look what the Lord has done. And look at the power of prayer. In chapter 2, we have this powerful prayer of his mother. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices, 
And these words are in what we call the, the Cal Perfect uh, in the Hebrew. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. And the word horn here, is, horn is used symbolically in scripture to represent power. And Hannah is, Hannah's deep. In the Lord, my horn is lifted up. And the word she, we have capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D uh, for Lord. In, it's, in, in the Hebrew, it is Hava. Hava. It is to become. My mouth boasts over my enemy, for I delight in your deliverance. My mouth boasts over my enemy. Now, she brings, as she talks about, what? She doesn't mention her name directly. My mouth boasts over my enemies. Nina. For I delight in your salvation, your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no other, there is no one besides you. There is no rock, our God. Here, rock means a cliff or a rocky wall. Do not keep talking so proudly or, or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows. Man, she's going after her enemy. Let not your mouth speak arrogance. And then she goes on, she says, and by him deeds are weighed. Now, if you've noticed, Penina disappears from Scripture. Little or nothing else is said about her ever again. Her temporal witness wanes away, and Hannah's horn is exalted. Do not keep talking so proudly, or let your mouth speak, speak such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. Man, she's deep. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Now she's talking about herself. The bows of the warrior. And notice, this is spiritual warfare. See, spiritual warfare in her home. This is spiritual warfare. This is what it looks like. But those who stumbled are armed with strength. Remember, earlier she talked about her horn. Now she talks about being armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food. But those who were hungry, hunger no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons Times away. Oh, listen. Listen to what is going on here. Look, 
The Lord will, will cause you to prosper if you keep your eyes on him. Stand up. Go before the Lord with fear and trembling. Go before him in worship. Good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.